Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Applications are now open for the Canadian Export Challenge, CXC 2020, presented in partnership with UPS, the Trade Commissioner Service, and Export Development Canada, along with MasterCard and Scotiabank, and powered by Google Canada, is the first nationwide fully digital pitch competition for Canadian exporters. This year, the Canadian Export Challenge will be accepting all first-round pitches through online video submissions. Don't miss your chance to pitch for up to $25,000 cash and up to $100,000 in support. What are you waiting for? Submit your pitch video now. The free events are open to attend for all Canadian entrepreneurs and anyone interested in learning more about the Canadian export ecosystem. Register at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Jamie Hubinoff, founder of the Toronto-based Leadership Agency. Jamie is a recruiting industry disruptor with over 15 years of experience working with fast-growing startups such as Vena Solutions, Stack Adapt, Skip the Dishes, JustWorks, Touch Bistro, and Trip, Trip Actions. 
Just to name a few, she's interviewed over 10,000 top-tier candidates and has placed an estimated 3,000 people in the North American job market. She's a trailblazer within the HR and recruitment space and continues to contribute her expertise to publications such as CBC, The Globe and Mail, Inc. Magazine, and HR.com. Jamie's mission is to help entrepreneurs build the most impressive companies of our generation, and the Leadership Agency helps startups find and hire the best in-class talent. As HRD Canada's best service provider of 2019, the Leadership Agency has truly become the one-stop one stop shop for startup recruitment. Leadership Academy, Leadership Agency, oh, <clears throat> the Leadership Agency reaches all lines of business, including C-level, sales, leadership, tech, finance, marketing, and more. Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. We're delighted to have you. We're delighted to have anyone who helps build such incredible businesses as you've been involved with. So I'm really eager to talk about how you've done that and 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 how you learn to work with startup entrepreneurs because that's a skill God knows. Um, <laughs> first of all, though, um, our listeners are busy entrepreneurs. They're going to listen to the first three minutes of this podcast to decide whether they want to continue listening to it. So what do we have to offer them? I wonder if you can tell us um, if you have any sense of, of the top piece of advice that you'd like entrepreneurs to be able to walk away with after listening to this conversation. Yeah, great question. And I think the, the, the number one thing I want entrepreneurs and founders and business owners and visionaries to walk away from in terms of um, content or advice or just anything to gain from this conversation is that um, hiring is really hard. Um, <laughs> it, it really is. And I, I think the number one um, piece of advice I give anyone is to um, not think that it's easy for anyone else. Like we're all in this together. Uh, recruitment is really tough, especially as you're growing your business or you're just starting your own business. Um, so just know that you're not alone. And I want to be able to share not only my personal insights as a business owner and as a founder, but also provide insight from what I've learned from having worked with um, over a thousand different startups across North America. And like you mentioned, having placed over 3000 people um, across North America and having interviewed over 10,000 people. So I have a lot of insight to to share, um, not only from my own journey, but from what I've learned along the way with my clients. Right. Now you started in the, the, in corporate recruiting, I guess, which is, I guess, where everyone starts and you found your way into the startup world where you're making a, a real difference. So share this journey with me. Tell me how you got into recruiting and how you discovered that startups was a, a market that needed your help. Yeah. You know, I think that uh, I wouldn't have been so passionate and felt so connected to startups had I not had the opportunity to work for one. Like we don't know what we don't know, right? So 80% of business to business brands have never even been heard of. So if you put a thousand people or a hundred people or 10 people in a room and you ask them, you know, what are the top 10 companies you would want to work for? And it doesn't matter if they're new grads or executives? Um, that's a really tough question to answer. You know, typically what comes to mind um, are companies that either have a consumer-like brand or brands that we just interact with on a daily basis that we're maybe not even aware of. Like, you know, if you were to say um, the top 10 companies that I want to work for would be companies like Amazon, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn, like, you know, and that's not even because you've actually stopped to think that maybe this is a company I want to work for for 
these reasons. It's just a brand that you, you recognize. So I had the opportunity to start, like you said, in corporate recruitment with a startup. And, um, so I was hired as a like in-house recruiter slash recruitment coordinator for a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK, um, now known as O2E Brands, which is a global brand now with four different, you know, franchise brands underneath of it. So they're not quite a startup anymore. <laughs> um, so, so congratulations to them. Um, uh, they're actually based in Vancouver, which is where I'm from. And, you know, in our first year um, as a team there, I think I was hired at the same time as two or three other recruiters. Um, we hired over 100 salespeople in our first year. So I was exposed really quickly to um, high volume recruitment, startup recruitment, and just, you know, learned so much along the way. Like the learning opportunity was was endless. But how I got my start in recruitment is I didn't actually even know what recruitment was. Um, I'm not joking. Like I um, had written a, a marketing essay for my my college, like, and somehow it got in the hands of the head of uh, HR at, at 1-800-GOT-JUNK at the time. I, and so she read it and was like really impressed by it. She interviewed me and said, hey, you know, we have an opportunity in our recruitment team. Do you want to be a recruiter? And I said, yes, sure. That would be great. And I went home <laughs> and I Googled recruitment recruiter and he was like oh i think i can do this even though i went to school for marketing like this could be really fun it's a type um, of marketing surely yeah, yeah exactly and so that's how i got my start um and then i actually went into to sales and i was um in sales for monster.ca selling job ads um so i i had some diversity in terms of experience but how I landed as a uh, founder of a recruitment agency working exclusively with startups is that um, I quickly realized having been a recruitment professional for the past 15 years is that there's no one really doing this. Like when you Google recruitment agency Toronto or Vancouver, um, what you'll start to see in terms of commonality or I guess the correlation between what a lot of agencies do, I guess, and don't do is that um, everyone really wants to um, attach their name or their expertise to big brands. And there's nothing wrong with that, like working with the IBMs or the SAPs or the Microsofts of the world. Um, but I, I quickly realized that there's no one really specialized in taking a lot of risk and putting a lot of skin in the game and working with um, some of the most disruptive companies of our generation. And I thought, what a cool opportunity to help build the, you know, some of the most impressive companies of our generation. And that, that that's amazing. I mean, there's a lot of challenges there. A lot of these companies, A, they don't know how to deal with professional service providers such as you. So there's some probably some some tension there. Plus, they, they tend not to have big budgets unless maybe they've had a really good funding round. So how do you deal with problems like that? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, so we... We specialize in working, like I said, with startups, um, and that can range from really early stage, like sometimes even pre-revenue, like seed round, you know, early stage startups, all the way to pre-IPO um, type of organizations that already have 200 plus, so sometimes two to 3,000 employees. So they're much later stage. They're about to go public. Um, they have a really integrated and comprehensive talent team typically and we're just an extension of their of their process and you know we are are there to enhance it whereas early stage startups like you mentioned um a they've like you said have never worked with a service provider b are somewhat 
um, sticker shock when it comes to the price of working with a service exactly. provider. Exactly, yeah. Um, and C, um, you know, don't have the resources to actually um, manage the the process in which is involved. Like, all of a sudden, you're going to be doing a lot of interviews. And you may have not even interviewed people before ever in your life, right? So it's really overwhelming. Um, so how we, we overcome that is just with our expertise of knowing who we're working with. So if we're working directly with a founder, um, really understanding their area of expertise when it comes to hiring and building teams. If this founder or that leadership team of that founding um, you know, organization, if they've scaled and built and, and have hired people in the past, you know, then we know how to support them. Um, if, we, if they've never done it, then we help them actually build a recruitment process. Um, we, in terms of the price, essentially, um, the, 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 the way to overcome that is, is showing them the ROI. It, it will be the best commission they ever pay. <laughs> if they could make the right hire um, and look at the return on that investment, um, you know, pragmatically, like, then there's a real um, connection to that cost. If not, then, you know, it's maybe just not the right time for us to be working with them. But really, when it comes down to... Um, then agreeing and seeing the the ROI on that, um, you know, we've done a lot of work to to prep them. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> it seems that you have a lot of affinity with uh, with startups. You've talked about you know the 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 energy and authenticity that that that, that comes from them. Tell us about just why personally you feel aligned and in tune with with the, the startup ethos, the mentality. Mm-hmm. I think. You know, going back to, I think, the first question um, about how, like, the, the startup um, mission came to be in terms of our agency, um, I, I think a lot of it, if not all of it, stems from having the opportunity to work with a startup. And, um, you know, I don't think I realized it then, per se, like, what type of experience I was gaining or um, what that what impact that was going to have on my life later on. Um but nonetheless, like it was, it, it was life defining. But um, so I think that's where a lot of it comes from is, is that connection to what I gained, but also um, having the chance to work really closely and, and somewhat also afar um, from the founder, from Brian Scudamore. Like I, he was so dialed into that company and what that meant for people who worked for him was a learning opportunity. And I think that, you know, you see that and you feel connected to it and you learn from it. Um, you just sort of want more of it, if it makes sense, if that makes sense. And I think that one of the things that I've noticed over the past, you know, I'd say three to five years in the startup ecosystem and um, more specifically in Toronto, I would say, because we also do, we have an office in New York, but I'd say in Toronto, what I've learned or what I've seen um, change is startups their investors, their founders, their leadership team, um, they're much more accessible than they ever used to be. Like they're, they, they, there's more resources um, for them to be accessible. Like people want to know their stories. People want to know um, about their culture and who they are, what their visions are in terms of leaders and what their product is and what it does and the problems it's solving. And so there's just a lot more channels um, out there. And so um, it creates this opportunity um, to, to be really curious and to be connected. And so I think that doing the work that we do um, is really fulfilling in that sense because people are just much more accessible than they ever used to be. 
Isn't that interesting? And I, I share your respect for Brian Scudamore. Um, uh, when I was editor of Profit Magazine throughout the 90s, he was certainly one of our favorite entrepreneurs. In the days before the internet made uh, changed the way that businesses scale, he was building uh, an international brand uh, just more quickly, more cleverly, more intelligently than just about anybody else. We put him on the cover. We 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 probably featured him two or three times a year in the magazine just because he was such an exemplary entrepreneur. And mm-hmm. he, and and his sidekick Cameron, were you there when Cameron Harold was there as well? Yep, Cameron did one of my interviews. Sorry, you you hired him? No, no, no. Oh, he I, interviewed he, you. <laughs> he interviewed me. Yeah, right. no, I wish I could uh, make that claim and right. um, be famous in that sense, but no. <laughs> yeah, and he's gone into this, gone on to this amazing career of helping the number two guy. He mm-hmm. was the number two guy at 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 at, at one eight hundred got junk, and now he realized how much support number two guys need, and he he's made that incredible brand uh, there as well. So yeah, they're they're both amazing people, and so it's a great platform because you've you've already been at one of the best uh, organizations there, and so you learned a certain way of thinking, I guess, and a certain sense of values that uh, hopefully. Uh, other startups represent or you're able to to, to bring to them. Mm-hmm. What's involved in being a recruiter to uh, startups? Because startups have um, an urgency about them. They need it today. Uh, they, 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 and of course, they they're, they're a risk uh, because they're brand new. So logical, intelligent people don't really want to go work for that startup. What, how do you function in this very demanding uh, niche? Mm-hmm. Yeah, your point about them um, having, um, you know, a certain level of urgency is definitely, uh, you know, true. And it's common among all of our, our clients. And, you know, one of our core values um, is urgency. So knowing that our buyer profile, um, you know, in terms of product speak, or, you know, in this case, you know, our client profile, knowing that they operate or and need to operate or maybe have no choice in, in how they operate, it, there's a certain level of urgency. So, you know, being a best in class service provider, we, we have to match that. Like, we can't provide a service. Um, and expertise um, at a different rate in which they need it, right? So we knew that when we developed the company or when I developed the company that for us to perform and perform highly and perform with excellence um, in this industry that, you know, we have to be an extension of their business. We have to mimic what they need. Um, And and so urgency is definitely um, one of the the commonalities among uh, the clients and us, right? Um, the second is transparency. And so what I mean by that um, is I, the market, like the talent market is the big boss, right? Like I don't get to determine what other people make, right? right and right. I don't get to determine what a client should want to or be able to pay people. That really comes down to the talent market, right? Like if I present or if the agency presents a hundred people, um, 
And their expectations are a certain level of, of compensation. Well, that's the market speaking to you. And so it is our job to be transparent um, in that um, delivery of information. Like, and so and not only transparent in relaying and liaisoning, liaising between um, the talent market and your and your and our clients, but just transparency overall in terms of feedback, um, improvement process. Um, whatever it need, whatever we need to be able to provide in terms of information to help our clients be more competitive, there's a certain level of transparency there. And that's not always easy for people, um, you know, in terms of providing a service. It's a lot easier to tell your clients what you think they need to hear. Um, and that's just not going to work when it comes to startups. Um, right. And the third and probably the most important is empathy. empathy. Um, yeah, really knowing what it's like to be in their shoes, not only from a, an entrepreneur and um, you know, business owner myself, but having done this hundreds, if not thousands of times over and over and over again, like, you know, really becoming an expert and um, claiming a certain um, ownership in the marketplace requires a certain level, um, if not a, a lot of empathy, um, because you have to know what it's like to be in their shoes and you have to, um, you know, be able to provide a service that um, is driven by empathy. Right. I was really impressed on the website where I read that we talked about urgency there, that you launch every project within an hour. Your first round of candidates is delivered within five business days guaranteed. Um, you know, I love that. Are, are you changing the way recruiting is done? Because I don't remember recruiters when I've been involved with them working at that pace. Yeah, it's yes, we are changing it. And, you know, we will like, again, we're very transparent, like a lot of companies would look at our, uh, I guess, tonality or our verbiage with on our, within our website thinking like, why are you giving away so much information? Like, why are you <laughs> sharing your secret sauce, so to speak? But um, because we do it because we actually challenge our peers and other, you know, agencies in the marketplace to do and be better. Like there's no barrier to entry um, in recruitment. So essentially anyone can start a recruitment agency. Um, and do things differently and do them well, do them poorly. I, I, who cares? Like anyone can do it essentially. Um, doesn't mean people do it well, but you know, not only do we share that information because that's, you know, part of our value proposition, but we share it because I hope it challenges other people to be better when it comes to recruitment and to work harder and work faster for their clients, because it's really important whether they're startups or not. Like there's a certain level of, um, I guess, challenge in our in our messaging like i just hope that um people see it as an opportunity to like we're setting the bar hopefully jamie what can you tell us about the leadership agency in terms of the sort of size and scale of the business how many people are there uh how many uh assignments do you get a year what sort of a growth rate are you at what what, what can you share with us about the company yeah, so we just had our three-year anniversary, um, and our goal was to be in the U.S. in our first five years, and we made it there in 18 months. So that was wow. a huge accomplishment for us because um, it's really hard, and I mean, I didn't expect it to be easy, but it's really hard to break into a new market, um, especially in an industry that's so, so just beyond competitive. Um, and so that was a huge accomplishment for us. And I'm really proud of, um, you know, the brand and the team, um, more importantly, but 
I think in terms of measurement of our business, um, our goal has always been to not own um, 100% of the market share. That's never been our goal because that leaves our clients and us, more importantly, to do the work on behalf of our clients, nowhere to go. Um, So what I mean by that is if you own 100% of the market share, in our case, working with every single startup, well, then you have no one to recruit from. You have no way to be competitive. Um, You now kind of cross that line in terms of integrity and and that we're not willing to to ever um, cross that line. It's really important to us. So we knew, like I said, that we had to move into a new market really quickly because we were our, our market share was it was sort of like that snowball effect. Like it just kept growing. And it's a really great problem to have. I'm not complaining, but it just happened so much faster than I had expected. Um, and so um, one of the things that we've done and we've done really well and I'm really proud of us for is building really strategic relationships um, at an investor level. So not only working with founders, um, you know, when we get the opportunity to do so or their leadership teams, but learning more about um, their investors, you know, uh, their VC firms and getting really well connected with them. And that's really helped us in terms of expanding internationally, um, you know, working within their portfolios and being a trusted advisor and partner um, to the investors so that when they take on a new client or one of their portfolio companies are growing, you know, we are their first um, go to in terms of helping them do that. So were, um, you, were yeah. you client led in terms of going to the U.S.? So was it uh, a matter that you someone said, "Hey, can you also help us with this other company we're invested in in Silicon Valley or New York or whatever?" That's a great question, and it it's, wasn't um, that prescriptive. It was a few things like a perfect storm, sort of in the right direction. Um, we had a few clients here in Toronto that we helped grow all throughout the U.S. Like we help them hire basically in every state, every major city. So we quickly realized we have the capabilities to do it. Um, so that's a big check mark. Um, and two was um, we were referred into one client and that kind of, I guess, created this opportunity where it's like, if we can get one referral, we can get more. If we can get five clients, I can get five net new clients. It just became this sort of formula um, once everything um sort of happened all at once. And it was just the springboard that we needed um, to make the decision in terms of a brand to um, actually physically be there, um, invest in our brand there, invest in our team there. So um, it it was a few things that happened all at once, um, which was, you know, a blessing, I guess, um, in that that sense. But um, a few things about us here um, in in Canada, we won, um, you know, a best service provider, in 2019 um you've won a lot of awards yeah we, we have and this has been super in three years that's yeah. ridiculous <laughs> yeah so we won best service provider for H from hrd um you know the hr awards which was great that was our third year um i guess third is the charm um having been finalists for that and then we just won in 2020 best service provider um by the canadian small business um, awards, which is really exciting. And then I myself um, went on to win um, top female CEO of the year award for small business in San Francisco. Um, so I think in terms of an agency um, and, and where we're at as a business, um, you know, we'll always be mission focused and we will never stray from that. We also just opened up our, our areas of business. So when we first sort of hit the scene, I guess you can say, uh, we, were, we were really more of an executive firm because we were working so closely with founders and helping them hire 
their first leader, so to speak. But now we are a one-stop shop for startups. So there isn't oh, okay. a line of business that we can't recruit for. So that's probably been the most exciting development on our end recently. Right. So, so where are you on the ground in terms of your team? You're in Toronto. Are you in other Canadian cities or U.S. cities? Yeah. So we're Toronto-based, headquartered here, um, and then in New York as well. Okay. Cool. Can you tell us about like what's your mo- what, what what what's been your most exciting assignment that you or one of your team has done? Can you sort of take us through a really really challenging uh, recruiting assignment that that worked out well? Yeah, that's a good question. I like that. That's exciting. Um, let me think about that. I would say one that is probably shared by all here at the agency. Um, so we do things a little bit differently. Like we don't own accounts. We don't own candidates, so to speak, because um, you get a really siloed uh, finish that way. And that's just not who we are. Um, everything is, is team-based here. So we get a really cool assignment or a really big um, expansion project, everyone gets to work on it. So um, that's really exciting for the client because you just have just such a unique approach. But it's also really exciting for um, the team here as well. So I would say that one of the most exciting ones that we've had the opportunity to work on is something that we're actually doing right now. So uh, we are working with um, Skip the Dishes, which um, everyone probably knew prior as Just Eat um, here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And we're doing a national project with them. Um, we're hiring for salespeople all throughout um, you know, Canada in every major city. And you know, we've got this really short window to do it. Um, and it's been all hands on deck. And we've really learned a lot because there's so many hiring managers like making different decisions at different times. And so it's just really cool to be a part of such a unique success story in their wildly competitive um, landscape. Like, I mean, I'm sure we can both sit here and count really quickly on two hands how many um, companies are disrupting that, that, that food delivery space. So to work with a best-in-class company and um, seeing them, um, you know, compete is really, really exciting. You must feel like some of these companies are your babies in a way, because when you bring in the right people to an organization, they will help determine how it grows, how successful it's going to be and and where they're going to get to. And so you must take a lot of pride. in as you follow along the careers of these people, uh, you must feel, you know, just a tiny little bit responsible for some of these successes. Yeah, we do. And it's, um, you know, going back to, um, you know, my story of how I got started in startup, um, even some of the people that I hired when I was a recruitment um, coordinator, like a recruiter in-house at, at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, now known as O2E Brands, they're still there and have been promoted to, you know, leaders and executives. And um, so like this level of pride and attachment to people's careers, but also um, to the success of companies who make great hires stemmed back 15 years ago. So like it's a, it's, the best way to describe it in that sense is just like this real sense of gratitude. That's very good. How hard is is it to find talent? We all know about the talent shortage and particularly for startups because they're not necessarily everyone's first uh, preferred place to go to work. So how do you go about finding the, 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 the high level of professionalism and talent that we need 
uh, people who are willing to work in startups? I mean, just how big a problem is that? How do you find these people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the, the I think the the biggest takeaway, uh, you know, I'd want someone to to get from this, you know, and, and looking for people for their own companies or, um, you know, and just a real learning opportunity is that it's there's it's really hard um, when you don't have a searchable skill set, right? Like if you are searching for somebody who has hard skills um, in the marketplace, that that's that's easy. I don't want to say easy because there's nothing easy about recruitment. <laughs> that's easy. But it's clear. It's okay? clear. Yeah, it's clear. It's it's quantifiable. It's somewhat tangible. Um, and it's searchable, right? So like if you're looking for somebody who has their CPA or you're looking for a certain like tech stack in someone's experience, there's a high probability that they'll have listed that in their experience and, and away you go. Um, and then the rest is up to you in terms of being able to position your company to them in, in a way in which they feel connected to it. Um, but searching just broadly for people um, who want to work for a startup, um, that's really hard because there's a high probability that they don't know that they want to yet until you get the right people <laughs> telling them that they should or that they should consider it. Um, so the best way I can describe it is um, when you're a startup, let's just say a tech startup. And I know a lot of our listeners, um, you know, or your audience and, you know, even my peer group, we're not tech startups, right? So it's not a one size fits all, but um, there's a high probability that you'll have to pitch your business to somebody for something, whether you're, you're looking to raise money, your next round of investment, or, um, you know, whatever it may be, how you pitch your company um, to people who want to know about your company for whatever reason, um, the same measurements, like the same um, quantifiable details about your company um, that they want to know are the same things that candidates want to know. People want to know, like, what is your plan? What are your plans for growth? What is your vision? Um, what rate are you growing at? Um, what problems are you solving in the marketplace? Are you disrupting? Are you displacing? Um, you know, what, what's your average deal size? What What's your revenue? Like, what's your run rate? Um, you know, how are you better than your competitors? Things like that. Like, that's actually what people um, want to know. And that is what actually makes people want to work for a startup. So really, it comes down to knowing those details um, and knowing how to um, pitch them to somebody who may want to work for your company. So as a startup entrepreneur, you really have to um, be ready to op- open the kimono to explain all these things because with without a brand, without a track record, you're you're sort of a cipher, you're a black box. So you got to be prepared to talk about these things because good candidates will not just take your word for it or just assume everything's great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, you know the 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 best way to think about it is if if you're hiring for say a VP of sales. Um, and Google is hiring for, hiring for a VP of sales, and you, you both post your job wherever you post it. Um, like it's obviously, you know, we know who's going to win in terms of um, the amount of people who apply, and probably to some degree the quality of people who apply to that to that role. Um, Google Google will win, um, just like Coca Cola would win over um, maybe a startup in. in drink in, in the CPG um, category. So it, it, it just, you have to think that who your talent competitors are, aren't always who your your brand competitors are. Um, and the, the thing is, is that when you don't, like you said, have a brand to, to guide your job through the talent market, 
Uh, there's just a lot more work um, when it comes to, like you said, knowing the details and knowing how to, to pitch them to somebody who wants to work for your company. You get to work closely with both recruiting managers or executives and CEOs at startups. So I'm wondering if you can just rate how, how, how sophisticated are the leaders of the Canadian startups that you meet and where do you try and help them to become just a little bit more professional? Because let's face it, most of them have never run a business before. They've never been CEO before. And, uh, and, and it's, there's a huge learning curve. Yeah, I would say 50% of the founders, CEOs that we work with, this isn't their their first um, startup. Typically, like 50% of who we're working with, this is usually their second, their third um, startup, which is a very different caliber uh, of CEO. Um, they make harder and fast decisions, like faster decisions, I would say. Um, they know how to, to leverage resources um, sooner. And um, it doesn't mean that they don't, require a certain level of support and advice and transparency, but um, the cadence in which you work with them um, is very different. The other 50% of founders that we work with, yes, this is definitely their first startup. Um, And I think that what determines our level of support and how we work with them is is how much um, resources they have, whether that's their, their level of funding. So if they've been, they've just raised an A round and they have X amount of money, um, you know, they are typically um, much more inclined to, to work with a service provider and it's less personal for them. Um, but if they're pre- like seed round or even pre-investment, um, it's very personal. It's a very personal decision and it is our job to really support them in a very unique way. Right. If you could, I, I presume that you become a bit of a mentor I mean, you, as, a, as an outside recruiting professional, um, you're one of the few outsiders that they would get to interact with because others people tend to be clients accountants and lawyers don't tend to deal with them on the same operational uh aspirational levels so uh, to me it seems you're in a unique position to be able to help them adjust their sites uh behave you know let them know what the market demands from them in terms of their sophistication and their expectations so what would you like more of these CEOs, especially the ones who aren't going to get to meet you, how would you like them to act in terms of, of can you see gaps there where they, we'd like them to learn a little bit more or be a little bit more professional? I they, think, won't, they won't take it personally because they <laughs> want to grow. Yeah. I, I think that what makes um, us be able to do our jobs better for our clients is when there's... Um, a certain level of communication. Uh, we can't be an extension of our clients, like CEO's business or our client's business, um, if we don't have the right cadence in terms of communication. So, um, you know, understanding each other's communication styles is really, really important. So, being able to tell your service provider, "Hey, this is how I like to be communicated with. This is how um, I'm best reached or I'm best um, connected with." So really being able to get a good understanding of, of how they can communicate, not only with us, but with the candidates. Like they have to be able to provide a great candidate experience for these people to want to work for them. So their communication skills need to be on point. Right. What else is involved in having a good candidate experience that CEOs should know about? Uh, I think that the, like the number one way to provide a great candidate experience is going back to that urgency 
uh, piece is time. Like urgency is, is a currency. Essentially, when you are working with top talent and you're competing for this top talent, the quicker and more strategically you can um, respect and navigate their timeline, the better. Like if you wait two weeks to get back to somebody or three weeks to interview somebody, or now you've been interacting with these people for three or four months, they're gone. Like they're done. They have accepted another offer. They've been promoted. They've been given X more inequity. Like you have lost your chance. And that's really interesting because I can think of so many people I've talked to who've complained that they were headhunted or called or whatever by somebody. And then they were left to dangle for a week or two. And a lot of the recruiting companies don't realize just how disconcerting that is for people because this is a matter of intense interest to the candidate. And uh, if they're in play, they want to know what's going to happen. So it's really important that the CEOs and the other people on their team understand that urgency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, perfect, perfect. Do you do any work in terms of helping people understand what they need? Because there's a lot of uh, companies that I know, startups that are, you know, working 18 hours a day and needing help, but they maybe aren't able to articulate whether they need it on the sales side or the data side or the demand generation side or whatever. So, do, do, are you required to come in and help them or do they already know? Do they have to already know what they need in order to hire you? That's a good question. It's, I'd say it's 50-50. We won't launch a search until we get confirmation um, you know, on their end that whatever we've either helped them uncover or realized um, is exactly what they're looking for. Or and like you said, in that scenario where they already know, they know exactly what they're looking for and we're just there to um, provide the support in getting them on uh, the people for that job. So it's 50-50. Half the time we're helping them, but we won't launch anything until we actually get 100% approval and confirmation that this is exactly what you need um, for right. your business. So that's the discovery phase that you talked about earlier? Yeah. 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 Is, 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 that, is that sometimes a lot of work in order to get to the, the insights that come out of that? Yes. It's, it's a lot of the work um, that needs to happen, um, for us to, uh, I, I shouldn't say needs, like we can't do it without that. I should say like, it's mandatory. It's critical. Um, especially because, you know, we, we launch our search in one hour. So we do so much work, um, behind the scenes and leading up to be able to, to deliver on that commitment. So the, the discoveries, the meetings, the back and forth, the job descriptions, like it's all part of the process and, and it, it needs to happen. Okay, a couple of quick questions for you as we sort of start to fade out of here. What are the most important qualities that you think entrepreneurs should be looking for in hiring their first few staff members? I think uh, willingness to fail, um, not in, in the sense that you're there to provide them um, education, like they're going to fail, but where have they actually failed and, and, you know, are okay with that? Like you should be willing to be like, Hey, I've never done this before. I'm going to try my hardest and I'm going to learn everything I can about this. And, um, therefore hopefully come out as an expert for you, um, at, you know, at the end of this, the other is curiosity. Um, you know, really looking for people who are just endlessly curious about, um, whatever it is that they need to be curious about in their personal lives or professional lives. Um, driven, there's a big, big difference between ambition and drive. 
Um, really huge difference there. And I think that that's something that people need to pay attention to is someone's actual drive as a person. Um, and I think the other is um, their willingness to commit. And commitment isn't just to you for the next 10 years. Where have you actually committed in your life um, to learn something new, to to graduate with honors or whatever it may be? Like There, there has to be a level of commitment in your life um, because looking for a startup requires a real high level of commitment. And I think that that's undeniable. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's a great list of uh... Uh, of, of qualities to look for. Um, what are the core things that startups need to offer employees to reduce turnover? So once we get them, we want to keep them. So what do they have to be prepared to offer in order to uh, keep people happy and engaged? Yeah, I think uh, access to great leadership is really important. Um, I think that it's something that it's really hard for people to articulate. Like when you ask them, um, you know, what are the things you love about your job? Um, they're going to probably, like I said, you know, going back to the earlier point, just go with what they think they know. I love that I have kombucha on tap, or I love that I have like unlimited vacation, but that's not actually what keeps people um, in their roles and what keeps them there long-term. It's access to great leadership. It's access to, to learning and development. Um, a great company culture. I mean, that's fragmented at best. I mean, that, that gets broken down to diversity and inclusion and all the great things that, you know, we talk about in that sense, but having a place where someone can feel really self-expressed um, and safe is really important. Um, but I think, you know, just an opportunity to, to learn and have access to great leadership is the number one thing. Right. Right. In terms of, of, of understanding where they're going, do you find that that the the entrepreneurs that you're dealing with do, do, do they have a big picture mentality? Do they see uh, the what the vision is of their company a year or two from now? Uh, the, that's what Cam Harold loves to do, uh, right? To, to, mm -hmm. to have that to have that 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 big picture. Uh, do you see that, and is that important to an entrepreneur that is trying to hire a, a you know a better breed of talent or management? Mm -hmm. I think that. Sometimes, <laughs> um, I hate to use that term, it depends, but really it's, it, it sometimes, I think that once an entrepreneur, um, has made the decision to hire somebody, whether they are right sizing, you know, hiring a, a different level of, of leadership or talent into their organization, or they've made the decision to hire their very first person. That's a lot of work to get there. Um, so I don't think you can do that um, without a certain level of vision and and understanding where the, where you want the company to go. So I think it would be impossible um, to not have a certain level of vision or um, insight to, to the direction of your company. But it's not always that magical. Like sometimes, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, like you are really just keeping it day by day, like in terms of what you want to do or what you're capable of doing. But ultimately I think, yeah, I think as entrepreneurs, we all share a certain level of, of vision, um, you know, in our skill set. Right. And uh, what's the biggest surprise that uh, companies get when they go out in, into, into sort of professional recruiting for the first time? I'm not talking about your fee, but things like um, what candidate expectations are. I mean, if, if the, the, the Obviously, if someone's being hunted by a, a, a startup, then they have visions of stock options, millions and millions of stock options, that sort of thing. What do they need to be prepared for? I think that the biggest surprise is that there's actually going to be a lot of people who express interest in your company. Like if you post a job, you'll likely get two, 300 people applying for it. 
Um, but that doesn't mean that those are the people you want to hire, so to speak. Um, so there's a lot of work and a lot of time that goes into being able to make that hire. But I think what you start to interview people and realize like, Hey, the market's speaking to me, what you'll, what you'll extract from that is yes, there's a going, there will likely be an expectation or, um, you know, shared common interest in equity. Uh, probably people are making more than you thought they were making. Um, cause trust me, it has gone up just so much in the last couple of years, um, that not a lot of people are aware of that. Um, and a lot of that's to do with macroeconomical, you know, factors, but yeah, so equity compensation. Um, and I think that, I think, like I said earlier, like they're going to want access to great leadership. So like, um, be able to, 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 to navigate your way through that. Interesting. Is it possible that, that good employees and managers make leaders better? By, 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 you know, understanding that they have these expectations of access to great leadership, that might just make people act great. Yeah, good. I mean, definitely we see that where, you know, you've sometimes got first time leaders doing this. And just because you're a first time leader um, doesn't mean that you're any less um, than someone who's been doing it for 20 years. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with like who's influencing you to be a great leader or who you've been influenced by um, or had the opportunity to be led by. There's so many things out of our control, but yeah, a lot of it has to do with like, who do you do this for? And a lot of that is because of the people who work for you. Jamie, thanks so much for this. It's been a great conversation. Uh, what I'm taking away from this is that, as you said, hiring is really hard and we all have to be prepared, pre prepared for that. But, there's lots of, 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 of ways to make the job a little bit easier. I love the idea that urgency is currency, that empathy and respect for the candidate and the experience that they have is really important because we often don't see the, the other side of the mirror uh, like that. And I'm delighted that you're bringing all this expertise to the startup world. Uh, just wondering what your thoughts are for the future. Are you going to keep doing this? Do, do, do you see, do, do you see expanding into other countries as an entrepreneur? Where do you want to take your business next? Uh, I, I mean, we are, we're, we're unstoppable at this sense. Like we are just getting started. Um, and where we'd like to see our business is, is new markets. I mean, if we can take on New York and be really successful there, um, you know, San Francisco is probably, um, you know, inevitably I should say next for us. Um, but we've also got some really cool partnerships, um, that we're, you know, we've already announced, but we're about to announce and, um, which is really exciting for us. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, um, expanding our service to being a one-stop shop for startups is, um, something truly unique in the market, but really, um, special and exciting for us. All right. Well, it's always exciting to talk to a great entrepreneur, and especially one that, that specializes in helping entrepreneurs and companies and startups become better, become more professional, and uh, take on the world. So thank you for everything you're doing. It's great to have you here on the Startup Canada podcast. Great. Thank you so much. Best of luck. We'll talk again. You bet.
Thanks for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and our upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern time. Sometimes I show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence. 